Three, two, one. Welcome to the Center Bench Sports Podcast, where four washed-up athletes sit around and talk about sports. Starting at Center Bench, we have Mikey, Peo, Luke, and myself, Luca. Top of the morning to you, boys. It's uh, <laughs> the birds are chirping, and it's a Saturday morning. What's going on, boys? Mikey's eyelids look like they're taped up, taped up. He <laughs> 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 can barely breathe right now. The guys, poor guy's tired. We're making him get up at six. He's not used to it, eh? We we said we said let let's get up at seven. You guys were up at five forty five. That's a serious issue. We get up at five forty five on a Saturday morning. Luke Radica. Okay, I expected I, mean, I expected Pale. I don't know. He's a weirdo with that sleep pattern. <laughs> Goes to bed at like eight and wakes up at like five. But like, especially Luca, I was like fucking shocked. You were up too at five forty five. I set my alarm, man. Six a.m. I brew a coffee. Make some notes and I'm ready to go. Have you guys seen that college adm- admission scandal? No, the, Netflix. Uh, the Netflix, yeah. Unreal. Yeah, I watched it yeah. last week when Lucas suggested it. So good. Oh, really? I gotta watch it. Yeah, that poor sailor man. <laughs> so he's so naive. It, that phone call is pretty damning on, on his part, though. Yeah. Like he he's, he comes across as such an innocent guy. Like, yeah, he didn't take any money, but I don't know. I feel like he knew what was going on. Yeah, he might how's be the guy who how how's the guy who started it all not even sentenced or he's just out right now? Yeah, he's just that, waiting on his sentencing. It's crazy. Okay, don't don't ruin it. That guy's the that guy's the definition of a sleaze ball, though. Eh? Oh yeah, no personality whatsoever. Just polo, uh, Nike polo and uh, cargo shorts, just walking around yeah. stealing people's money with that flat hair. <laughs> <laughs> I might start dressing like him. Just get those like slush pants. <laughs> Put a whistle around my neck. <laughs> You'd be a good coach, man, for sure. It's coach attire. Yeah, I'm, I'm coaching Luca Junior for sure. Yeah, go go hard on him too. I want yeah, him to cry. I'll probably I'll probably need to coach him in life too. No, <laughs> nah, man, I'm gonna be a good father. Come on, man. <laughs> All right, should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Since the NBA trade line passed and we all know Kyle is staying at a Toronto Raptor for now, the bench decided to bring back Guess That Player NBA edition. The focus of these players are NBA players who retired on the same team they were drafted on. Just for a score recap for our audience, Mikey and Peo are tied with 5 points, Luke with 4, and myself is the bottom feeder at 2. Clue 1. Had a documentary film in regards to his rookie year. Has made two three-pointers in his career. Retired in 2011, entered the Hall of Fame in 2016. In 2016, he also opened up his own winery in Napa Valley. He has never won an NBA championship. Ambassador of the Elephant Conservation. He was drafted in 2002. He filmed a documentary about white rhinos. He only played for the Houston Rockets. Yao Ming. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that, that one threw me for a loop. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. I, I, I wanted I wanted to have hard clues. Once you said nine year career, I was like, okay, is mate, but like I was not confident until you said Houston. The cra- the crazy stat was two three pointers in his career. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that made me think of a big too. All right, I can go next. He played the power forward position. Clue number two. He was drafted in nineteen ninety eight. Dirk Nowitzki. Clue number three. Yeah, how the hell did you know that? Okay, I'll go. Uh, sixteen year or clue number one. Sixteen year NBA career. 
Clue number two, he was the sixth man of the year in 2008. Clue number three, he won gold at the 2004 Athens Olympics. Reggie Miller? Incorrect. Fuck. Uh, clue number four, he was a four-time NBA championship. Uh, clue number five, he was picked 57th overall. Tim Duncan? No. No. I think it's someone on that team, but I don't want to say um, that. Clue number six, he's one of two players to win a Euro League title, an Olympic gold, and an NBA championship. He played- uh, Manu Ginobili. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Argentina won that year now. Yeah. Peo's cleaning house right now. Holy smokes. <laughs> Jeez, I wasn't confident about it either. <laughs> With that headband. It's that power of the headband, man. <laughs> Ready? This player played 20 years in the NBA. He was drafted 13th overall. Has five NBA championships. Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Kobe Bryant. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. I was going to say Kobe Bryant right off the start before you even said any clues. <laughs> Damn it. You beat me to the punch, Mikey. I needed a point, too. Damn. <laughs> I was going to say it after 13th because I'm pretty sure he went 13th overall, but I couldn't remember. Okay. So just uh, an update on the scores. We got Mikey at 6, Peo at 8, Luke at 4, and my lonely self at 2. All right, boys, it's Hoop Talk time. With the trade deadline over in the NBA, it was a busy day on Wednesday. And I don't know about you guys, but I kept on scrolling through updates. Who are the biggest winners and losers in the NBA trade deadline? I think, for me, the biggest winners are Raptors fans not having to see their greatest player of franchise history leave the franchise. It was, I think, a, a strong emotional win there for the, for the team. Um, but I, I would say, like, the losers looking at it, I, I would say, first of all, there wasn't any massive blockbuster trades. Like, yeah, there was a lot of action. Um, and yeah, the NBA deadline is probably better than any other sports in that regard. But I think we've seen some some better trade deadlines in, in past years. There was a lot of talk going into it. And at the end of the day, there wasn't anything game-changing, I would say, um, to close out. I would say the the losers would, for me, uh, Orlando's got to be one of them. They gave up uh, Vucevic and Aaron Gordon, their, their two-star players. Like, sure, yeah, they're rebuilding. But I don't think they got much in return maybe because that's what the the market indicated so i had them as the biggest losers biggest winners is a toss-up I, I like miami's out of oladipo they didn't really have to give up much for him in my opinion yeah i think miami's the <clears throat> miami's the winner for me as luke said they got victor oladipo um without giving up too much but the deals that they made <clears throat> they still made sure that for next season that they're not committed to any long-term contracts they still have enough cap space next year if they want to go out and go a big fish hunting or make another big trade, they can do so and they won't be strapped to the cap. Um, so for me, that's why Miami's the winner in that regard. And I do hope Victor Oladipo plays like he's capable of, like how he was playing in Indiana. He hasn't been doing too much in Houston, pretty inconsistent with his shooting. Um, so if he can get back to his usual self, I think Miami's a serious threat and we'll be playing Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think I think the loser um like I was happy that the Raptors kept Lowry. Like I don't mind them keeping him, but if if he's just going to walk at the end of the season for absolutely nothing, if they're not going to be able to sign and trade him or keep him next season, I think they're the biggest loser. Um if that happens, 
just because you have a top asset that you can, maybe you can't get full market value what you think he's worth, but you have to at least get something that's going to help your team moving forward. You can't just, he's going to be the fifth guy in how many years to just walk for absolutely nothing when they could have got pieces for, uh, for that player. Um, so if he doesn't stay with Toronto next season moving forward, or if they can't sign and trade him, I have the Raptors as the biggest loser. Yeah, for the winner, I agree with Miami. I think they did a good move in Oladipo. Uh, I also liked what the Nuggets did. They added Davis from the Raptors, and they got Gordon. I think those are two nice pieces to add around their core of Djokovic and Murray. Uh, and yeah, for me, it's a clear-cut loser is the Raptors. Um, it's another asset that's going to go to zero when Lowry walks and leaves. Um, I don't know. It's pretty pretty clear to me that this team needs to rebuild. The The people that they have there now are not good enough. And Siakam, Van Vliet, OG, I don't, I don't think that core is good at all. Um, so I think it's time to reset. They need to get be, be a bottom feeder for a couple of years and, you know, draft in the top three and then hopefully start building a core, hopefully get lucky and, you know, get a player like Adonich or something like that um, that will stay for a little bit longer than just the time he has to. Um, but yeah, I think the I think this offseason they have to start trading away. Like I think Van Vliet's probably their most valuable piece, and I would I think he's got to go. And Siakam doesn't seem like he's the player that he is that he everyone thought he was going to be. It's been like a calendar year now, and now he's in. The other day he was in a fight with a coach. There was rumors he got fined fifty grand for an altercation with Nick Nurse. Um, I don't know. I would just I just don't think he's going to be a superstar, or even an all star in this league. So I would just cut ties with him as well uh, and start rebuilding. Just cut ties with everyone. Just, uh, they, all, <laughs> just, they all suck. <laughs> well, this team, like, this team on, needs to man. rebuild. The team's terrible. The team's terrible. Yeah. It needs to rebuild and then you'll get back to being irrelevant like they're, they're used to being. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, Jesus, let's focus man. on... <laughs> let's focus well, on... You think, right you, think, you think this core is good enough to, to build around? But there's, they don't, there's have, a they difference don't have one all-star on the court. But there's a difference between saying good enough and saying the, the players aren't good. Like, you just said that their their core and Siakam OG and, and um, Van Vliet aren't good players, which is absolutely ludicrous. So I, they're I good. There's okay, a different sorry. way to word it, maybe. All right, maybe they are. They're good players, but they're not good enough as a core. They need, they need, a, yeah, I, they need another guy for sure, like a top guy. But and the only way they're, do it. The only way they're getting that superstar he's not coming via free agency so they have to draft him so the way they're going to do that is finishing the th- in the bottom three no, the way they're going to do that is no. getting is is getting rid of those guys because those guys I, are good enough to for them to finish you know outside the top 10. i agree i agree that you're like with mikey on the part that you're not going to win a championship if your best players are pascal siakam van vliet and og they're great player like i think they're great players like especially fred but you you do need someone who's going to be the guy like I don't think any of those three are the guy that are going to bring you to a championship but not a lot of teams have that anyways yeah Um, I don't you do need good you do need good players still Um, I don't disagree with that but you're not going to get that guy with a Kyle Lowry trade at the trade deadline I'm sorry oh yeah no no like you like that's not but it's going to help add to the team right like what's the what's the point of keeping them for nothing yeah for 20 games like and they're not even in toronto so it's yeah. not like at least the fans are there they can like see him live and like give him the proper send-off like, i think if this was the year to do it it's now because they're in Tor- they're in tampa and they're struggling they're in 11th place in the east right now yeah 
if, anything, if they don't sign help. him, if they don't sign him, I completely agree with you. Yeah. If, for, if somehow they they find a way to sign him, then I I don't mind keeping him, and then you you still have another trading asset when he does sign that contract. But I don't. I don't think they should like completely rebuild. Like I don't with the guy like that core. Like that's not a rebuild team. It still can be a playoff team. Yeah. And they they yeah. spent how many years? The past what eight nine years trying to build that winning culture, and now all of a sudden you're just going to tank. Like I don't think that's. Yeah. I don't think that's good for. So like, you guys are happy team. with mi- finishing sixth and getting kicked out in the first round? You've been used no. to it as a Leaf fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exactly. You still, you, you still wear that jersey with pride. How many years has it been since the Leafs so, won a championship? No, let's get back to the Raptors. Are you guys good with that? That's that, that's that core. That, oh, that no, core just, is first I thought it was and an done. Interesting point. That core is first and done. I'm sorry, they're not good enough. They need to rebuild. Yeah, no, they're not. They, I, I think they need to add to it. Not they just need, how need how are it. how are they going to add to it? To, you don't have to rebuild to add pieces. Okay, but how are they no. going to add a, a the trade? Tra- you can do it through trade. They got Kawhi Leonard through trade. Exactly. Yeah, that's, and that, they won a the title. <laughs> Who's to say rebuilding? They're going to draft a Doncic. They had the first overall pick and drafted Bargnani. Yeah, Sometimes, like, you that's not try. a guarantee, right? I know. You got to so, get lucky. Yeah, you're, a little you're bit. saying let's let's sell the team to try and get the first pick and hopefully we get a game like. Look at like what is it? Anthony Edwards is a really good player, number one overall pick this year. And he's not, I don't think he's going to be a game changer for the franchise. So like to me saying like sell all your, your good players who you think aren't even good to get the number one overall pick to rebuild is, is a little bit ridiculous. Well, Minnesota, they've been, how long have they been selling and rebuilding and they can't do anything, right? Yeah. I know, but I just, I just don't understand how they add to this core. I know via trade. Okay. That I don't think Kawhi Leonard happens every so often. Like that's, just not where they're available and they're under contract and like it works out so well well even like even at like they're not as good as Kawhi, obviously in the bigger piece but like even like adding um even adding gasol through trade surge through trade like they still put together a pretty good team through trade that way and maybe and maybe Masai realizes that and like i know there were a lot of reports about what they were going to get for for kyle lowry but at the end of the day miami made the trade giving up kelly olenic and I can't even remember the second piece for Oladipo. So maybe they thought like, okay, we we don't have to get rid of as much of our core in order to get a, a player that can contribute maybe just as much as Lowry is younger um, and went with Oladipo instead. So we don't really know the backstories behind it. And maybe in the back of Masai and Bobby Webster's head, the plan is like, let's try and sign Kyle. And then maybe at the next deadline or whatever, we, we use him as a part of a package to get that player that we're talking about right now. But they weren't going to get that player at the trade de- trade de- trade deadline this year. I don't think Masai will just give him give Kyle up that easy. I think he has a plan. I think there was there's always a plan B. I don't think Kyle would just leave. Uh, I would be shocked, and I'd be the first one to admit as well that like that's a that was a big mistake to just let him play for twenty games, as Peo said. Are you guys done with Siakam? I am. I would trade Siakam. He like, played he well should, last night. He's, uh, he's not. He's not a. He's not a bad player. Like, yeah, he's a pretty decent player. But I would. I would trade him for sure. This is now the second, as Mikey said, second time this year that you're having a problem with him. Um, you, you don't want a guy like that in your locker room. He's not good enough to be acting that way. I, I'd get rid of him. But here's what, what do you get from him? Like, if you trade him, what would you get? I think you could. I, I think you could get a, a decent amount. D- yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm very open to trading him. 
I don't think he's the superstar player, but I also don't think he needs to be. Like, I think the media puts that, that pressure on him because, like, when they look at Kawhi leaving, they're like, okay, Siakam, you're the guy now all of a sudden. I think he's a very good player. I think GMs across the league will realize that, and his ceiling is high. He's, he hasn't been playing basketball very long, and he's already at this level, so... It is time for some puck talk, and a big milestone was reached this week, Peo. I think we need to give some love for Crosby here. That's what we're Earlier starting this off with. W- yeah, we're starting we're starting right off with the pens, baby. Early earlier this week, Crosby reached thirteen hundred points milestone with three assists versus Buffalo. I think there's a round of applause for Sid the Kid. Mikey, round of applause. Let's go, Mikey. <laughs> Um, no, I just wanted to uh, bring this up because outside looking through the standings, it, w- it was shocked to me that Crosby and the Pens are looking pretty good. We should give them some recognition. There's f- they have 44 points and a record of 21 and 11. That's very similar to uh, a-, a team that we talk about here on the podcast a lot uh, and, in- and in the toughest division. Just want your thoughts on uh, the Penguins being so good this year. I was going to say, and just to add on, as Peo mentioned last episode, their schedule looks pretty nice in the yeah. back half of the season. Yeah, I mean, they had a bad start. They weren't playing great at all. When they went 0-2 in that first opening series against Philadelphia, everyone had the Penguins last in the division, Philly winning, and look how the roles reverse now. Um, they're playing great team hockey, led obviously by Crosby. The thing that's concerning for me is their forward group. When you have five of your top nine forwards out and you're still finding ways to win, how long can they sustain that when you have half of Wilkes-Barre's forwards playing? Um, Lucky that they've been able to play Buffalo, New Jersey during that time. But their goalies have been outstanding. Um, Not only has Tristan Jari regained his game, but Casey DeSmith is emerging as a top backup in the league. He's been outstanding. I think he's got two shutouts in his last three games. Latang's playing like he's capable of, and I'm sure Brian Dumlin has a lot to do with that. So I'm pretty confident in their game. I'd like to see them bring in a few pieces to add to the depth because of all the injuries. So I hope they do so with this upcoming trade deadline. But Crosby with 37 points, right? Yeah, Crosby's. He, I think Crosby's tied with Ozzy for most po- uh, for points. Top, uh, he, has five, he has five. He has five even strength goals. That's no, what does, does that it? matter? <laughs> or five on five goals. Crosby has three power play goals. He has, so five, he, has, he has five five-on-five <laughs> five goals. Five of them. So, um, Crosby, has, Austin Matthews has three goals in his last 12 games. So we games. should only value hockey players based on five-on-five yeah. play. We shouldn't judge... Sorry, Luke. We shouldn't judge players by based on five-on-five play? I said, I said so we should only judge players by their five-on-five no, play. No, but it's just a stat. To only have five, he's he's getting all his cookies on the power play. That's what that says. And then he's overtime. got three power play goals. He's got thirteen goals. How's he getting all his goals on the power play? He's getting empty nets. <laughs> he's going three on three. And Matthews getting is getting play. a lot of three on three goals. A lot of empty nets. Crosby's also of, doing uh, it with the band aid team right now with a ton of injuries. <laughs> I I think what the going back to the Pens for a sec. I think what the what they've been doing is impressive, but Washington is so damn good. So the the real test is going to be whether yeah. they can beat Washington in the playoffs. They have played them well throughout the season, right? They've yeah. been able to push them and get points out of a lot of the mm-hmm. games. But I, I mean, it'll, I think it'll all come down to in the end, probably how Jari plays in the playoffs and whether he can shut out that team. Yeah. Good discussion. The, uh, the Habs traded for Eric Stahl. 
last yesterday, I believe. Uh, Sabres sent Stahl in exchange for a third and a fifth for 2021. <clears throat> Does this impact the Habs at all in making a playoff push? I don't think it adds too much to their roster. Like Eric Stahl's out of his prime. Like he's maybe he can contribute a little bit here and there. He had some size down the middle that Montreal desperately needs. Um, but in terms of like an impact and is this going to help them win moving forward? I don't see it as that much of a difference, but they didn't give up much for him. So why not? See, it seems like more or less a, a non-factor. Um, a, que- a question to you guys, and I don't know this as well, but is he like, does he bring a leadership element to the team? Like what's the, what's the purpose of this addition? So he's been there and he's done that. But to me, it's just like, just another forward to the, that not so great forward group. And like, um, like, I don't know, a lot of things that Peo said, like, hey, he brings size, leadership, stuff like that. So there's a little bit of an element of leadership that he brings, Luke, to, to your point. But not it doesn't move the needle for me on, like, Montreal. I still sort of think they're the same team. I guess going into the, the trade deadline, we just experienced some of it in the NBA. Who's the, the one team or maybe two teams that you think really need to make a push? Because they're almost there, but they can get there. I think I think Philly has to. <laughs> they're they're outside of the playoffs right now, and they've been playing terrible. I think they they definitely need to. They just need a goalie. Uh, yeah, but even but even that, like their D hasn't been the strongest either. Yeah, yeah I think Philly definitely has to. Um, the Islanders probably should. The, Anders Lee's out for the season. He was a big part of their offense, um, and they play a good team game, and they're always tough to play against. So. If they maybe add a couple pieces, they're going to be dangerous to play in the playoffs too. I think I think Winnipeg. Um, I think if Winnipeg adds a good defenseman like yeah. like an Ekholm, uh, I think they have one of the strongest forwards groups in the league. They have elite goaltending. Uh, they I think that if they add a big defenseman, I think that to me that puts them in the conversation of like cup contention with the Toronto's, with the Vegas, with Tampa. Uh, I really like their team. <clears throat> Does yeah, it make a does it make a difference um, with the Canadian restrictions for NHL players? I think it's now seven days instead of fourteen days just before the trade deadline. Does that make the GMs kind of want to reach out <laughs> to uh, other other teams? Trudeau listened. Well, he didn't listen to me exactly, but <laughs> yeah, took our advice. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think it Pale makes texted it. him. <laughs> I think it makes a huge difference. Uh, like that two weeks, it, like you, the player just yeah. completely loses his mojo when you sit in a hotel room for two weeks. Yeah, you go um, crazy. Yeah, I think the week helps a lot. And I think that will help the activity of the the deadline. And I think you saw it with Montreal too. Like they're willing to let Stall sit for a week now, and yeah, like you might only play two games in that week. Right, mm-hmm. so it's 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 pretty minimal now. Yeah, Mikey, there's a lot of talk about like the Leafs making a, a move at the deadline. Do you think they need to make a move? Like, if let's say that they don't, do you think are you still comfortable enough to to say this team can can push it for a cup? Yeah, um, I am with with this current squad that they have. I think they have a lot of nice pieces, uh, but what I'd like to see them add for sure. I think they if they would add a uh, a sixth or a seventh forward, uh, that would be great. So it can replace someone can that can play on that second line with Willie and Tavares. Because right now Galchenyuk's there. I don't think he's a long term mm-hmm. answer. And then if you move like somebody else up, then it takes away from the other line. So that's to me their hole in their forward group is somebody. And I would look for someone that can kill penalties, like a Hyman type player, good four checker. He doesn't have to be the most skilled guy on the ice. Like Tavares and Nylander have enough of that. 
Um, and then if I'm getting really greedy, another another defenseman. It doesn't have to be a top four, but another depth defenseman. Injuries happen in the playoffs, and Dermot has been here and there for me. So if that's on my wish list. And then the biggest thing for me is if the goaltending can get better with Freddie and Campbell, I'm okay with nothing if that's the only thing that happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not winning a cup with Jack Campbell yeah. as your goalie. Well, <laughs> and he's been the better goalie. I mean, he's been playing good this season. but 5-0, and 5-0. and <laughs> Come playoff time, I don't know if that's sustainable. But uh, yeah, Fre- Freddie, I don't know what's been going on with Freddie. I don't know if it's because he's hurt or if he's just lost a step, but... I think that's the biggest concern as if you're a Leaf fan. Yeah. What about uh, Pittsburgh, Pale, in the trade deadline? Do you think they're going to make a move? I think if I'm looking to add outside of the organization, I want to sh- I'd add actually to the fourth line. Their fourth line I'm not too happy with or I don't trust, especially come playoff time, like Colton Sevier, Jankowski, Lafferty's in there sometimes. Like Those are guys that... I wouldn't trust going out to play big play uh, uh, minutes in the playoffs. So I like to see some size on the fourth line. Um, their defense. I'm I'm happy with their D group. I, I'd like to see Marcus Pedersen go. I don't think he belongs in the lineup, and he would be able to probably net you uh, a bottom a bottom six forward. So um, those are some minor moves I would make outside of the organization. Kind of changing it up a bit, but curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Um, what is the is what is the easiest sport um, to get traded to a different team and gel with that team and start playing? Like, is is do you think hockey is up there as one of the easiest sports that like, oh, I get traded to Boston, I can start playing right I, away? I don't think so. No, I wouldn't say. I, I'd I say think it's baseball. the hardest. <laughs> yeah, like ba- baseball's baseball is probably the easiest because you're kind of like on your own, right? Yeah, uh, there's like less yeah. schemes and stuff. Yeah, I think basketball too. Even like I don't, I don't know. Like if you're a good player on a basketball team, I feel yeah. like for the most part you can jump in. Ho- hockey, um, I think you can it's the do hardest, it, but it, man. Yeah, like you, I think football's probably. I think, the I think football's the hardest. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. to learn the playbooks and all yeah. that. Oh, that's true, hundred percent. And then I'd but, go uh, hockey before yeah, that. Yeah, because you gotta you gotta have chemistry with your line, right? You have to have chemistry with your line. You have to learn their systems too. Yeah. Uh, if you're a penalty kill, like if you're a penalty kill specialist, you have to learn that. If you're on the power play, how does the power play? What's their breakout like? What's their setup like? Um, so yeah, there's some things you gotta you gotta learn once you get into a new mm-hmm. team because every team's different. And well, just one thing, sorry to get back to that. Luke said, "There's is there any teams that need like need to make a move or you think will make a move?" Like I think Boston. I'm curious to hear what yeah. Luke says too about it. Like they have this core of you know Pasternak, Marchand, and McAvoy, and they're all good, but they're all aging too, especially Bergeron. And they don't seem to be aggressive ever really at the trade deadline. Like I think if they went to go add a Hall or they went to go add an Ekholm to their back end, like that would really put them in contention at least let them compete against a Washington or a mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Good point. Yeah, yeah. I I think they're in an interesting spot because. Not a lot of people, at least on our on our podcast, thought that um, they were going to be anything this year. But now they're in a position right now. It's like, hey, like w- maybe we do have something here. Maybe we we do need one or two pieces, like a Taylor Hall that can help us to go make a run. So I think they're definitely looking at what assets are available. If they're yeah. getting Taylor Hall, don't get, I'm not giving a first or, or maybe not even a second round pick though. No, from Boston or any team. I don't know why, but I think that would be a good move for them. I think. Yeah, he needs to like run his own line. He's a weird kind of player. He doesn't just gel with anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when he was with his MVP season, it was like all by himself. 
And I think maybe with Krejci and a DeBrusque, that could, he could actually gel well, and then that allows them for their first line to stay intact and be, I think, the best line in hockey. Is he a good enough two-way player, though, to play like Boston style of hockey? I don't know. Everyone's capable of it. So it's just if does he buy in? Yeah. And he he's yeah. he better start buying in. You know, his value's <laughs> never been lower, and he's a free agent yeah. after this year. So it's in his best interest too. Right, it's time for our two-minute drill. Two minutes are going to be on the clock, and the boys are going to go through the top hi- highlights of this week. You guys ready, boys? Ready. Cool. First F1 Grand Prix of the season is upon us. Who you got, boys? I got Lewis, although Max said in practice oh, uh, drove, had a faster time, but I'm still going with Lewis to win. Yeah, Lewis is the I'm champ gonna, until proven otherwise. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Thoughts on the new NHL draft proposed lottery? I like it. Uh, I think it's good for a change. I like the, especially the rule that a team can't win more than twice in five years. Sorry, Edmonton fans. Um, I like it. Yeah, I'm a fan of it too. No problems. I like it. Um, like Mikey said, for teams like Edmonton, where if you screw up once in a draft, you don't get a second chance. Thoughts on Drake FaceTiming Kyle after the game? Thought it was kind of cool. I don't think Bieber would be a good enough of a friend to call Austin Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was classic fanboy Drake tactics. He probably planned that all with Kyle prior than going out. He's a global ambassador. He doesn't has done thing for the Raptors. Padre Fernando's Tatis Jr. to release limited edition memorabilia NFTs. Is it a cop or is it a drop? I was just gonna say I'm dropping it like as a long term proposition. I think it needs to be league centric, so the MLB has to be on board and partner for these things to fly. But it's smart of him in the short term to make some cash off some memorabilia. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes did something like very similar and made millions off of it. Um, but yeah, I think like for me, it's got to to make it more legitimate. It's got to have both like the players and the MLB um, and the sports league on board. What's your number one song on your workout playlist right now? Peaches. This is the greatest show. <laughs> That's so suspect. <laughs> Love tonight by Shouse. Shout out Ricky Porto. In the NFL, a blockbuster trade went down yesterday where the 49ers traded their 12th and their third round pick in the upcoming draft plus two rounders, first rounders in 2022 and 2023 for Miami's third overall pick in, in this year's draft. On some level, each decision kind of makes sense. Is this a win-win for both teams? Is it too rich for the 49ers? What do the boys think? I think it was clear that Miami's made the decision that they like Tua and uh, trading back. I love the, the move for the 49ers. Uh, I like I love a team that's aggressive like that, goes after what they want. I think they know the blueprint of a rookie quarterback and a good team around them is is a recipe for a Super Bowl. Um, and they got the team in terms of the defense and the Bosa and a couple other pieces there. And they got Kittle. They got the, one of the best left tackles now um, in the NFL. Like, I love their team. And I think adding – I think they'll probably draft Justin Fields. Uh, I'm curious to see what they do, though, in terms of Jimmy G and his playing – time do they give justin fields you know six games they sit him for the whole year what's the case with that but uh, i love the move for the 49ers and and for the dolphins if that's what you're if you're gonna do then good go 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 get a ton of picks and surround two with as much talent as you can yeah i'll just add like mikey pretty much said it perfectly i like it from miami standpoint 
Because not only did they add to their first round, like how many uh, picks they have in the first round, but they're still going to get the player they probably want at number six anyway. Because I think everyone, like all the mock drafts, mock drafts have like a ton of quarterbacks going yeah. like the top three, top four. So good on them where um, you can add to your draft capital while still getting the player that you want. And I think this should probably be a receiver. Uh, was it Chase and um, Devontae Smith? are the mm-hmm. two best wide receivers out there. So adding a, a young receiver like that to that offense should bode well for Miami. Yeah, the, the only thing I'll add is that I've been reading, apparently the 49ers are actually really interested in Zach Wilson from P- BYU and not Justin Fields. So I, I think like they were, he had a really good pro day. They're looking at, at bringing him in at quarterback. But I, I do like the move. If, if you see a guy like similar to the way Kansas City was tracking Patrick Mahomes in his early days, if you see a guy that you want, go and go and get him because there's not a lot of franchise court, true franchise quarterbacks in the league. So if you believe you can get one, then it's it's worth the capital to, to give up. Also want to give a shout out to uh, the 49ers PR team who just said, yeah, I guess yesterday that uh, Jimmy G will be our quarterback this year. I think that was a great move for the PR because you don't get into that quarterback discussion as of right now. Jimmy probably knows though; like he's not done. He's probably seen that. And he's like, okay, like my time here is pretty limited. Yeah, yeah. but it, also, it was just a good way to kind of yeah, say like, Jimmy G yeah. is our guy for now. Keep the peace. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I kind of misread that at first. So, like, I was like scrolling quickly through Twitter, and I was like, oh no, like Jimmy G's still their guy. Maybe they're getting someone else. But I think to your point, the writing's on the wall. And there's also nothing wrong with drafting your guy and and having him sit for a year. Like it, it was proven success. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, they all mm-hmm. did it right. So mm-hmm. um, I think regardless, um, there's an opportunity for Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or whoever it is to to learn behind Jimmy G. Do you guys like the move for Miami? Like, would you have done that if you were the GM of the Dolphins? Well, if, if two is or, your guy, like you said, Mikey, yeah, like you got. But do you believe in two? Yeah, do you like, believe in two? Like, do you yeah. like? I, th- I think because the jury, the jury's still out on him, and yeah. I, 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 I think it's worth giving him the chance for sure. Yeah, because like you put, he didn't play. Ter- he didn't play like terribly. He just didn't. He wasn't great, right? Like he was somewhere where he was just average. Yeah. But I mean, he's coming off that hip surgery. He, maybe he didn't really find that rhythm. He shows that he doesn't turn the ball over that much. So, I, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd roll with him. For sure. Yeah, and I'm, I'm also a strong believer of you know who you got. You got you know you got Tua and you know his abilities. So the jury's still out on all these draft picks coming up. You don't know what they're capable of in the NFL. You know what you got in Tua. Yeah. I, I don't mind. I don't mind the move. I'm curious to understand in the background like what was holding Tua back last year in terms of like having like slinging the ball. Like is it his guts and his like confidence as a as a player, which will grow and develop, or is it like the coaching? and the play calling um because if it wasn't the coaching and the play calling then i'm a little bit concerned about like the guts that he has and to take in order like the risk taking in order to sling the ball and um and win ball games but i think you use draft capital on him to get him you might as well stick it out for a couple of years and and see through what his potential could be like this is it now for they put all their eggs in one basket yeah you know the brian flores era is is gonna die or it's gonna succeed with Tua? Like if this mm-hmm. Tua is a failure, then he's probably unfortunate. I think he's a great coach, but I think he'll probably get fired in you know three years or two years. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's tough. It's such a t- I don't know. It's such a tough call uh, to make and it, like to go with Tua, but then 
what if you drafted a quarterback at three? Then you have that whole controversy, and then you wasted two top five picks on quarterbacks. One's yeah. going to go to waste for sure, probably. I don't know. It was. I, I like the move. I like that. If that's what they think, then let's go all in. Let's move back. Let's get as much capital as we can uh, and then move forward. And I like how they went back. We kind of failed to mention that they went to 12, and then they traded with the Eagles and got back up to six. Yeah. They clearly have a guy in a guy in mind that they know is going to be there at six now because yeah. the three quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three. Uh, so good for them. Like they, they ended up gaining, I think a first rounder and a third rounder for that. Mm-hmm. So that Larry Tunsil train just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> we talked about two a lot. Uh, who's making the biggest leap in their sophomore season next year? Well, everyone knows I'm all in on the Colts this year with Wentz. Uh, and I think we saw a lot from Jonathan Taylor sort of the back half of this year. And I think he just continues to excel. That line is A++. I think he is an excellent runner. I think he comes into the conversation where we're talking about like the top three, top five backs in the league. And he's one of them. Yeah, I agree with what Mikey said there on Taylor. The last six to eight weeks of the season last year was like him and, Mar- him and Derrick Henry we're like one and two in every like rushing category. And I think he's just going to improve on that in that offense. I think Carson Wentz is probably going to resurrect his career. Uh, the receiver, I think the receiving group is going to surprisingly show they can be top in the league with T Y coming back. Michael Pittman, I think is going to have a huge sophomore season. Pascal is going to be there. Paris Campbell is going to be healthy. So watch out with that receiving group. Bleed um, blue, baby. Would you say a top five? <laughs> Dare I say top five? I'll say top five. <laughs> wow, you heard it here first. <laughs> so it's better than the Bills, better than the Bucks, better than the Cowboys, Atlanta, and Seattle? Yeah, better than Cowboys and what? better than better than Bills. Like Bills, yeah, you have Stefan Diggs, but yeah, okay, like the Bills. If, if Cole Beasley's your number two. Like that's not saying much. And, and he's a good sign. player. No, I don't think yeah, the Bills belong in that. Like Stefan Diggs is an elite receiver, but they don't have that second guy is weak. Yeah, like they don't belong in that. The Bucks enough. have the best receiving core by far. Bucks, yeah? yeah, over yeah. Seattle. I think Bucks. Yeah, yeah. I think Bucks Seattle's number close, one. but. The Bucks, man, like there's there's no love. For Mike the Cowboys, Evans, eh? Godwin, and to Antonio me if, Brown, if he can play like he used to, like come on. Yeah, that's true. Uh, to me, if if Atlanta, if Julio Jones is healthy, true. Yeah, like the Julio, Julio Jones Ridley. misses he misses half his games every year. Yeah, like really proved he was he was elite this year. You know, I'm a numbers guy. Cooper Gallup and Lamb almost cracked. So Cooper over a thousand yards, CD Lamb nine hundred thirty-five yards, and Gallup with eight hundred fifty yards with Kappa Pants Danucci throwing him the rock, Andy <laughs> Dalton and Gilbert. Just wait until we got Dak back. That's three receivers, almost a thousand yards. Because they're always just behind and losing. Yeah, true. Doesn't matter. Just to get back on topic a little bit for for the biggest sleep, I agree with you guys on Jonathan Taylor and the reason because I think he flew under a little bit under the radar last year. He's uh, he started really really picking it up in the back half of the season and showed what he's worth in in the playoffs. I'm going with CD Lamb, like I said. Shocker, so so biased, bro. Oh my god. <laughs> but listen, he had three backup quarterbacks. With, uh, you know, now the, the guy from Woodbridge, Danucci, and uh, the the, Woodbridge. Andy Dalton. like And he this was his stats last year. 935 yards, five 
TDs. He also broke the Cowboys rookie record with 74 grabs. And he also led the NFL in 20 plus yard receptions with 12. I know you guys thinking because we played from behind, but with Dak back and a healthy O-line, he'll easily go over a thousand yards and have the breakout performance and his campaign will be better than last year's. I'm going with CeeDee Lamb. Miami better hope Tua takes the biggest leap. Yeah. In terms of like an improvement, like all the players that we mentioned had great rookie years and them taking the next leap would really like catapult them into being in the elite superstar status. Tua has the most room to grow because he was very underwhelming in his rookie year. All right, well, that wraps up episode 15. we got to get out of here because Peo's got a, a date. Um, he made us wake up at 6.45 a.m., so we're all rushing out of here. But we'll see you next week for episode 16.